Welcome to Ski Cap Hoodie and Shorts, Episode 33, Code and Language. Hey everybody, welcome to the Ski Cap Hoodie and Shorts podcast. My name is Ted Samaras and I will be your host today. Um, and today we are talking about code and language. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, we're talking about computer code and how it compares to like written or um, or read language, right, or spoken language. Uh, I know a lot of times that, you know, people say that, you know, computer code is just another language, right? But, um, but you know, I had a recent experience that I thought that I would dive into that a little more and see if that is actually true. So recently, I've been finding myself writing a little more code. Uh, I tend to write like code-like things um, in Google Sheets. A lot of times, I'm writing formulas uh, more than actual code or app script. Um, but I have found myself in Python a little more um, as well. Just you know, in, in terms of uh, looking at some code, and I, you know, I start to do a little bit of self-reflection. Uh, I guess that's what happens when you're sitting there sometimes and just writing out code or writing out stuff in uh, Google Sheets. And I realized that. Although I've learned foreign languages uh, in the past, you know, taking them in high school, that type of thing, and although I do apps like, uh, you know, like Duolingo, and I try to practice things in uh, Google Translate, or sometimes I will, um, you know, either download or grab a CD, you know, if those still exist, right, at the library, and try to listen to them uh, in my car, uh, that type of thing, all in ways of trying to pick up language. And it, recently, you know, I've tried to pick up uh, you know, languages like uh, like Spanish, right, as an example, because, you know, that's something that I am exposed to a lot or need a lot. Um, I have tried to um, brush up on my uh, Mandarin or try to make myself, I wouldn't say fluid, uh, you know, fluent. Um, floor fluidly fluent, um, but you know there are um, you know working with uh, some great educators in Taiwan. I want to at least be polite and be able to say a few words uh, to them in native tongue. Um, you know, especially uh, looking at a Taiwanese um, you know dialect of Mandarin. Um, I've also found myself dabbling uh, in things like Ukrainian uh, to try to be able to uh, understand maybe some of the students who are here. Um, you know, who have come here because of, uh, you know, what's going on in their home country, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, so anyway, so I find myself practicing with those languages, but I find myself sometimes uh, struggling to retain those languages. I don't know if it's a matter of that I don't practice consistently enough or I do practice consistently enough for a time, but then I find that I don't necessarily need that language for another given time. And so I'm always kind of relearning what I've just learned. Um, and I compared and contrasted that to when I am writing things in um, computer code, when I am uh, go ahead and trying to program something, when I am going ahead and uh, trying to write out formulas in Google Sheets. And I find myself to be a lot more successful in retaining the computer code uh, than I do the actual language itself. And I've always been of the philosophy and I've always heard, oh, computer code is just another language, right? And I'm like, yes, but, right? There's more to it than um, language, just like there's more to language than there is code, right? Code tends to be a little more um, 
uh, you know, logic, math, data, science-based, at least conceptually in my mind, right? There seems to be um, a lot more structure in terms of, um, you know, things that happen, right? Expected inputs, expected outputs, right? And there's less of the variant uh, that goes on in language. Even here, you know, you speak English in one part of the country and you speak English in another part of the country, might as well be two different languages. Um, so uh, I figured at that point, um, I would stop doing the coding I was doing. And I, as a lot of us are prone to, found ourselves going down a rabbit hole in um you know, on the internet. So, you know, I figured I'd share with you some of the stuff that I found. So what I found was interesting was um, I did find a lot of articles or a lot of YouTube videos and like, you know, oh yeah, you know, computer code, it's just another language, right? So don't be intimidated by it. And I get that. If you're somebody who's good at picking up languages, then that makes sense, right? You're trying to make that bridge or that gap uh, between, you know, regular language and computer code. Um, but, you know, I did what everybody else is doing these days and looked on ChatGPT for the answer to this, um, as well as obviously doing some of my other research. And what I did find was there were some other articles that talked about um, computer code as being more of a set of instructions, right? Um, kind of like a, like a recipe or, you know, that type of thing. And if this, then that, input this, output that. Um, and so, you know, there's more like expected outcomes uh, in the flow when you're thinking about going through the computer code, even though you're thinking of, you know, things like, you know, um, like input, output, if, append, remove, right, doing all that kind of stuff in Python, right, where you put your parentheses, if X, then Y, um, all those type of things. Um, whereas language, right, tends to be not so much a guaranteed output at the end, but more of um, more of a fluid communication, right? It's more where like the word is symbolizing something. It's more where um, there can be expression, whereas code tends to be a little more boilerplate. Now, don't get me wrong. Um, you know, I really enjoy looking at data. Um, and the more I look at it, the more I've become... Um, you know, a fan of it over the years, especially for some of the great stuff it's done for me personally, uh, both professionally and just in my personal life. Um, but again, you know, in, in looking at it, right, with the data, I'm ex there's this expected outcome. And with the written language or with, um, you know, spoken language, right, it tends to be more representative of ideas or representative of things. So I thought that um, in some of those articles, that was an interesting contrast. And there's a specific article that I actually want to cite that brings up another topic, uh, and it talks about brain function, and it, you know, uh, talks about some research that they did uh, where reading computer code is not actually the same as reading language. And actually, that's the title of the article, right? To the brain, reading computer code is not the same as reading language. Uh, it was published by the MIT News Office on December 15th, 2020. Um, that's the publication date. And the author of the article was Ann Trafton. Um, and what it talks about is that, um, you know, computer code actually does not activate the same parts of the brain um, that language 
does, which I thought was very interesting. And I don't want to tell you that like, yeah, when, you know, I'm trying to learn Spanish, you know, this part of my brain flares up. And when, uh, you know, when I'm doing computer code, I can feel, you know, that part of my brain uh, flaring up. You know, that's not what I'm trying to say. But um, I guess in the studies they've done, um, they look at like, you know, where language kind of activates the brain. And um, they found that um, computer code right, activates a spot called, right, um, a distributed network that is called the multiple demand network. Um, and I guess it's more cognitive function uh, where it is more math um, or puzzle type games, right? And they're saying it's not the same, though, as the language part of the brain that activates, but it's also not the same as the math part of the brain. So you would think, right, it would be one or the other, but they're saying it is actually kind of in a, um, you know, different part of the um, brain function, which I thought was interesting and actually a little bit surprising because I thought when I was reading through these articles, you're going to tell me computer code is language. That's the part of the brain, the language part, or computer code is math logic, it's going to be that part of the brain. But to find like a different part of the brain that is actually processing computer code was a little bit interesting to me because it's almost one of these hybrid um, type things. Um, and, you know, it, I, I guess like, you know, it, in this part of the multiple demand network, um, right, it looks like it, you know, it holds a lot of pieces at once. So I guess like uh, according to the article and uh, holding pieces at once is actually uh, quoting the article there. Um but I guess like if you think about your computer, right, you know how sometimes your computer slows down when you've got too many tabs open? It's similar to that, right? That RAM where the computer can think about X amount of things at one time and the more things it thinks about, uh, the slower it gets because it's got so many things on its mind at once. Or when you're distracted by something, right, you're driving but you're thinking about 100 things, your eyes physically might be on the road but your brain may not be on the road. So um, that part of brain function seems to be where the computer code is is going and so um, they even talked about like in the research that they had done um, that they found as though like that if you look 30 40 years from now um, and and I'll quote here uh, right professional programmers who have spent 30 40 years coding in a particular language you might start to see some specialization right of parts of the multiple demand system so again they're talking about that this specific part of the brain is actually going to see highlighted brain function as we start to test people that have computer coded uh, for a long time time. Um, so again, this article, like I said, was was fascinating. They actually collaborated, um, when I co corroborated with uh, an article from Johns Hopkins um, that also talked about solving code problems, uh, was also in this multiple demand network. So it's interesting because it brings up a lot of things about how we learn. And, you know, I know a lot of times that computer code is in our STEM programs or our STEAM programs, right? And we treat it as though it's math logic based because of that input output, that type of thing. And then there's those people who argue that it's language. But realistically, if we look at the brain function that's highlighted here in this research, um, it's actually pretty fascinating uh, to think about because it may be something that is either multi-dimensional where you've got to kind of attack it from both angles or it's something all on its own and so maybe we, we need to think 
really think about um, you know how we teach code, how we have students practice code, and it made me kind of now even as I'm recording this podcast, um, it's making me reflect about like, huh, does that make sense? Does is that why I have the sense of I could pick up code a little more and maybe um, you know language, you know, I kind of like you know feel a little less confident in picking up. Um, so again, um, it's fascinating. And again, because, you know, the jury's still out on this, um, and, you know, we have more and more people doing more and more code, um, it will be interesting to see this study in 30, 40, 50 years, um, to see if our brain function, um, actually changes, um, due to professions like this. Uh, so what do you think about this, right? Again, you know, we're talking about, um, you know, computer coding and it's different than languages. You know, do you have the same sensation that I do? Or are you just like, ah, this is just another language? Um, you know, again, uh, I'd be very curious to see what it's like in a, you know, um, in a handful of years. But again, I'd love to hear your feedback on it as well, because this show performs best uh, with the more feedback we get. So if you'd like to reach out, I'd love to hear from you. Um, you can go to our main website, which is www.skicaphoodieandshorts.com. You can email me at skicaphoodieandshorts at gmail.com. If you would like to reach out to me on social media, on Twitter specifically, uh, you can always do that by going to my main Twitter, which is at our tech coach. Um, and if you want to see some of the great work that I'm doing with uh, educators, some great educators globally, um, and some different projects that I'm involved in, go to my main website, which is www.ourtechcoach.com. As always, I really want to thank you for joining because, again, this uh, this podcast is about you and all the great feedback, again, I get from you. So thank you for listening to Ski Cap Hoodie and Shorts. And please remember to be good to yourself and be yourself. <laughs>